It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. And welcome back to another edition of Prep Rally, the podcast. I'm your host, Chip Souza. I'm joined today, as always, by the beautiful Ricky Fires. You left out the uh, non-talented part. Non-talented. Well, I think everybody has, That's understood. Right. That's understood. Yeah, yeah. And we also have a little guest with us today. We don't have Paul Boyd with us very much anymore, but we got Paul Boyd in today to talk. Who knows what we might talk about? We might talk pop culture, some little Andy Griffith show. Who knows what we'll talk about? We could about. talk about a lot of things. Talk man. about a lot of things. Good to be not, back. Not, of it, not a lot of it will be correct, but we'll talk about it anyway. Oh, that's okay. Right. So we are now into the officially into the summer months, but we are going to go back and rehash a little spring sports, and we have a special guest with us today, Joe Toma, the girls' soccer coach at Coach, I'm going to make sure I got this right, 6A state champion, Fayetteville Lady Bulldogs. That's it. That is it. That is it. That's gonna have, you got to get a license plate put on, with that put on there, Coach. You have to have <laughs> yeah. four, maybe four plates together, but maybe we can get all that on one plate. So, okay. yeah. So, Coach, congratulations on not just a great season, not just a state championship season, but an undefeated season. Congratulations. Thank you. Hey, Joe, how many? Uh, uh, how long you been there? How many championships is this for you now uh, with boys and girls? Well, this is our. This is my uh, my third here at Fayetteville, and I started, I go back a long ways, I started the boys program in 1990, uh, and then the girls program in 96, and uh, before the AAA had it, you know, and all that stuff, we won, won with the girls in 96, and then won the first AAA one in 98, and then I went and coached in college for 12 years and came back. And That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, so it. It's been a while uh, since that first one in 98. <laughs> wow. Hey, Joe, um, you know, when you're undefeated, you got to have a lot of talent. But I think I was talking to one of your girls earlier, and they said, you know, how much friends they are and how they get along, you know, and sometimes with girls, you know, uh, fighting over a boyfriend or this one doesn't like this one. How important was that for, for this year's team that uh, won everything except I guess you guys had a couple of ties uh, what did you finish up? Nineteen zero and three, twenty zero and three. Just talk about we were, the aspect yeah. of it. Uh, the girls getting along. Yeah, we were seventeen zero and three. Okay. Um, and you know, just the girls were fantastic. We had great leadership from our seniors. Uh, we had a really, really strong uh, group of girls that are sophomores, and, and then we've got you know two or three really good juniors in the mix there. And uh, you know, we didn't really we didn't really have the, the girl fights or the drama or anything like that. I, I, part of that's because of our culture. I think, you know, we talk about it all the time of just everybody taking care of each other. There's enough people who want to tear us down, you know, Bentonville and West and Rogers and all those guys, they want to beat up on us, but you yeah. know, we've got to take care of ourselves. So that's what we really strive to do. Joe, what do you feel like is, I know you've coached boys and you've coached girls. What, what do you feel like is the biggest difference in, in coaching the two, the two different genders? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, there's a lot to that because I've coached boys for many years. Uh, I haven't the last couple of years. Uh, Brent Crenshaw is our boys coach now, and bless his heart. I'm, I'm so glad he came in here from, from Siloam, and he's doing a great job with them. Um, you know, the girls, to me, they're more patient. Uh, if, if, if you can get them on your page, and when you get them on your page, they're there, and they're, you know, right there with you and guys i feel like it's a constant battle of hey here's it how is. we're gonna do things yeah you know? <laughs> it is it is boys are so. boys are stubborn uh 
I'll just I'll keep it. They're keep no it. damn good. I'll no no compared <laughs> well, to the girls. They're no well, I'll good. I'll tell you this, and, and I, I love coaching the boys, and we had a lot of good times and a lot of you know a lot of wins with them uh, back in the '90s, especially. But you know the the boys are great, and there's so much more. You know the the pat the pace of the game and all that is is different than the girls. And, and but if the girls if they don't like what you're doing, they're ten times harder to coach than boys. But if once you you know if everybody's on the same page, man, it's fun. Yeah, well, I tell you so, what, coach, you have done a terrific job. I got to tell you, Joe, every time we write a soccer story uh, where we quote you, I always want to correct the spelling of your name and add that s on the end. And no, I, my, <laughs> no, I'm, like, I'm like, and you know, you glance at it and you're like, dang, we misspelled his name. No, oh, no, wait, never mind. It doesn't have an s on the end. Hey, well, it's it's German, so there yeah, you go. Yeah. Hey, Joe, I'm going to go back to this game. Uh, I covered uh, the state tournament. You guys had a first round bye, and I think you played the number four seed. I think it's Mount St. Mary's, and yep. I, I said, man, this this favorable team is they're a little sluggish or something. I think you guys won that maybe two to one, and then yeah. the next night, the next <laughs> day, you guys came out and just whipped. I think it was like 4 nothing. maybe it was North Little Rock. Can you just talk yep. about the transition there or the mindset from that game going to when you just put a whipping on uh, North Little Rock? Yeah, I think, you know, when you have a bye, that team that played on, on the Thursday, um, you know, they get the win. They've got a little momentum. You've sat and rested. You know, like our girls went and watched the game. And, uh, you know, I think just kind of, you know, they went out and got a couple of goals, so you know, made it two to nothing. Kind of got comfortable there the second half. Yeah, really could have, could have, should have scored a couple of goals in the first half, uh, but didn't. And you know, Mount St. Mary's just battled and battled, and just like any time we play them, it's always a uh, just kind of a war out there. And uh, and then they they end up getting that goal to make it two to one with I don't know, you know, half half the second half left or something. And yeah, so it just made it more interesting probably than we should have, but. Really, after that game, you know, we all just kind of talked and said, "Hey, it's you don't you can't mess around. You you've worked too hard to get to this point, and everybody's gunning for you." So that was a little bit of a just a little bit of being, you know, high school and not realizing you got to take advantage of each every single minute. And then they really, when they went out to play North, you know, North Little Rock, we put the plan in place that evening, and uh, you know, I had a couple of girls text me and say, "Hey, coach, what do you want me to do?" and you know, we kind of talked about it, and they they were just a hundred percent dedicated. And when they were warming up and, and everything, I was like, you know, we're gonna play good today. And it, you know, they got the two goals early. I think we scored in the first three minutes or something, and yes. never really looked back. And um, really, I mean, offense was fantastic that game. We had seventeen corners against North Little Rock. But but what was the the big thing and kind of our thing all season was our defense just shut those two girls down up top, and they're really good forwards. I mean, they made they beat Rogers and made it look easy. And I know Rogers is a hard team to score on. And uh, I was just so proud of our defense because um, we took out their forward, who I think is probably going to be, you know, one of the, like down there in that conference, probably their player of the year or close to it. And uh, they, they couldn't even get, you know, any possession or get anything going. And I, you know, I heard them talking to their coach and they were, they were trying to do stuff and, it was like, no, that's not happening today. So, <laughs> Joe, you've been, that, that was kind of fun. Joe, you've been doing this a long time. You mentioned, you know, way back started the boys' program, early 90s, the girls, you know, mid to end of the 90s. How much has the quality of play improved uh, in, in soccer here since, you know, since way back in those days? Oh, my gosh. It's it's leaps and bounds. I mean, when I came here, you know, out of, 
uh, from Oklahoma. I'd coached a couple of years over there and, and then um, came over. And, you know, we called it caveman soccer over here. The, I mean, there was a couple of good games a year and everything else was just kind of like, oh, my. And, you know, the referees improved the, the quality, you know, from like our conference. Um, you know, Southside, who didn't win a game in conference, I think ended up tying at the end or something. Uh, they were a hard team to play. I mean, they never quit. They were organized. They were just young with freshmen and sophomores. I mean, you know, Springdale, and, you know, they do a good job up there. Uh, you know, their girls, they bunkered in, and I think they put 10 in the box on us. You know? Wow. And, and, I mean, you know, just played really organized and tough, and then we finally get a goal on a corner kick, which is kind of what we did all year. Uh, and so you can't go into any game in the 6A West and go, oh, yeah, we're going to win this for sure, because if you do, you're going to lose. And uh, and so that's what I was really proud about our girls, their mentality. And just, you know, like you said, back from the 90s, you know, we could go into a game saying, hey, we know we're going to win this one. And then you had, you know, your couple of rivalry games that you had to really batten down the hatches for. I mean, I can remember when Bentonville was the worst team in the league. <laughs> wow. And now, you know, that obviously that hasn't been, you know, Chris Henry built that program up into the powerhouse that it is. And, well, Joe, and you, so, take, you take a look at it. You know, you girls, your, your girls are an elite program, Bentonville elite program, Bentonville West in its first state championship game appearance this year, uh, Salem Springs. Always, you know, threat to win state in their classification. Sh- Shallow Christians, Green Forest, Green Forest, Harrison. So it's not just mm-hmm. six. I mean, it's 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 you know, from top to bottom in all classifications, the soccer quality of soccer plays is really really good. Joe, is that because of better club soccer play? You think, or what? what do you oh think? yeah, better coaching, more coaches, more kids playing. Just the whole. You know, the whole thing is there's just more people involved and, you know, you have several clubs now instead of just one. Um, you know, there's there's two or three or four different clubs, depending on what age you are and stuff like that up here. And uh, and then opportunities, you know, the kids are traveling and playing all over the country. And it's like we tell people when they come to try out, you know, it's like, hey, if you haven't been playing club, then it's going to be hard to make the team because, you know, these kids have been they've invested a lot of time and money and energy and their families have gone all over the country and, and, you know, the other schools are doing that too, the other teams. And so you can't just play rec soccer anymore and expect to make your high school team. You right. better be, you know, you better be getting after it and working in the summer and working on the off season and playing club in the fall. And uh, it's just a, you know, it, it's big time now. Good deal. Hey Joe, pretend let's pretend for a moment that I'm not 60 and overweight and a beer belly. I'm 14 years old. Well, that's a big, so, that's a big reach. We're, we're, that's, we're going to pretend just okay. right here. Okay. I'm, I'm 14 okay. years old. I don't want to play baseball anymore. I don't want, and I said, man, I'm going to try to play soccer. Now, one thing I know just from me watching is you got to have stamina. You got to be able, I mean, you don't get a timeout and just go over there and get a drink of water. You got to go, go, go. What are the other characteristics that you need to play soccer? Uh, you gotta have skill. I mean, you, you gotta be able to, you know, keep your, keep the ball on your foot and make it go where you want it to go and not let it dictate. How you do that? Is that just work, 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 work with, uh, on a team with teammates? Yeah. And that, that's pretty much what, you know, you should be doing that from the time you're, you know, four five, six to 12. Cause if you don't have the skills by the time you're 12 or 13, it's, it's almost too late. Um, so a lot of, you know, going to camps, playing, you know, when we were kids, we played front yard or backyard soccer, whatever, you know, our whole neighborhood, 
we had these big games going on and we played baseball, we played football, we played soccer, mm-hmm. whatever season it was, you know, kids don't do that anymore. No. And so, you know, I'm encouraging them all the time, get, go to the park, go to your front yard, get a tennis ball, get a, get a size three ball, just, you know, whatever you can do. I mean, we just spent hours and hours just playing on our own or with a small group of people. Well, Joe, you I know, mean, it, soccer is, is kind of like basketball. It, you're not, it, it's not a huge financial investment for you to practice and play on your own. No, like Sandlot's no. type soccer. You're looking at a ball and get a I couple of people shoes, out, get yeah. a couple of, but I mean, I guess you, you, oh, you need yeah. cleats, but really you don't have to have cleats, but um, no, you know, it's no, not I'll a huge investment. Growing up, I mean, in my front yard and that's what, you know, I tell, tell kids, you know, when I was growing up, We'd go out, like my parents' house, our porch was the size of a goal, basically. And I, there's mortar missing between the bricks of my parents' <laughs> old house from all the balls kicked there. That's and, great. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, Joe, you know, something else, too, as a soccer coach and something I'm noticing more on, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of picking up more knowledge about soccer as I go. Um, He's still got a long way to go. We both do. Um, But but you turn on the TV every on on Saturdays, and you're seeing a lot of soccer on TV. You know, you're getting a lot more awareness than 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 what it used to be. That's got to be something as a soccer coach. You're happy to see that. Well, it's fun because I was one of the soccer nerds back. You know, eighties. I played in college and all that stuff. And you know, we watched soccer made. It's called Soccer Made in Germany on PBS. And then ESPN started playing it in high school, and we'd run home and watch the games on ESPN back, you know, eighties. And now, you know, I get up on Saturday mornings and watch the EPL yeah. at, you know, every Saturday, and then record the games during the week and Champions League. So it's just so great to, you know, they they're showing the women's league now in England, which is a fantastic league. Some of the American girls have gone over, and there's just whatever you want to watch, you can get, and that's that's really. Um, you know, the guys seem to watch it more than the girls. And it, I wish the girls would watch it more because you learn so much, you know, just like you watch NBA players do yep. great things and then everybody's trying to dunk and do all the crazy stuff. Joe, and, what I what – I, I covered – Rick covered the girls' state tur- uh, tournament over at Harbor. I covered the boys over at Springdale High. And what I noticed when I, when I would watch like a, you know, when Springdale played, every yeah. one of Springdale kids looked like the same kid. They were all – about five eight, five seven, <laughs> five go, eight, go, go. athletic, about 140, 45 pounds. You couldn't tell one from the other uh, except for their number, and they were all just relentless, you know, for the ball and just you oh know. My gosh, yes. And and I yeah. and I looked out there, Joe, and I'm like, probably none of those kids could play football because they're not big enough. None of them could play probably basketball because they're not tall enough. But this is something that they can excel in and play at an elite level and go to college and play um, because mm-hmm. they're, they're that good, you know, of, of players. And that's what I like is that soccer gives kids another opportunity to pursue things, um, you know, know that, that um, you know, they might not be able to pursue in this sport, but, but here, here's, here's something you can be really, really good at if you're willing to put in the work. work. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the cool thing about soccer that I think the ADs and the school boards started realizing there's a whole group of kids out there that we can incorporate into the school and into the into the, you know, the life of the school. Yes. Like the Queen. I don't know if you've ever seen the Queen play, but when they come up here, when they played in the state championship game on Day of Champions, you know, their whole town comes up here for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and I talked to their, their coach and their AD. He said, yeah, we just you know, we have 80 kids that play. And wow. it's just, it's crazy. You know, wow. uh, Clarksville's doing the same thing. I know back in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, Springdale 
they 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 kind of saw it and was like, hey, we need to get on board with this. Yeah. And you know, and that's what propelled Springdale to all those great years and still you know still great years uh, with those guys teams because those kids were coming in and moving in and instead of saying no, we're not going to have this, we're a football town, they just said no, let's let's meet the needs of the kids and, let's and embrace that culture. That's yeah. been so cool. Yeah. Hey Joe, uh, kind of uh, piggyback on what you said, I did a story on Farmington. And they just had their first varsity uh, uh, season this year. And they're yeah. like, uh, oh, Farmington's a football town. Uh, no, no, it is not worth softball. No, it's also a soccer town. And they got a lot of kids out there. And they had a tremendous year. Yeah, their their coach, he, he was a GA for us. Yeah. Just a super nice guy. And he's going to, yeah, they're going to do some great things out there. I think as their community, you know, keeps growing and adding getting kids in and getting those, getting established there. So that, that's going to be fun to watch. Well, I love to see it. Anything that gets kids involved. Off the couch. Off the couch. Off the cell phones. Off the cell phones and get out there in the fresh air and, and play and be and be healthy and, and a good, you know, and you, <laughs> you better be fit to play soccer. People don't yep. look like Ricky Fires and I out there <laughs> no. playing soccer. They, you know. Well, yeah, they do. We're the ones bringing water to the real players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Coach, thanks for being on with us today. And, again, congratulations on just a fantastic season. Uh, you know, winning a state championship is hard enough by, on its own, but to do it and, you know, by not losing a match is, is takes it to a whole new level. And congratulations to you and those girls over at Fayetteville for just a fantastic season. Thanks. We really appreciate you all covering us and taking the time. So we appreciate it. You bet. So we're going to take a real quick step back right here again. That was Joe Toma, the girls soccer coach at state champion Fayetteville. When we come back, we're going to talk a little collegiate baseball. And, Paul, Springdale's got a new football coach, but he is not new to the community. So this is Prep Rally. We're going to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. And now, back to the Prep Rally Podcast with Chip Souza. And again, that was, uh, if you're just now joining us, that was Joe Toma, the Fayetteville girls soccer coach of the state champion Fayetteville Lady Bulldogs. Ricky, you got to see them play quite a few times this year. Man, I, t- I think um, he sent me some stats. Like, they scored, what did he say they were, 17-0-3? 17-0-3. They scored like 67, 68 goals, gave up only 10 goals all year. Wow. Now, Ricky, if you wanted to read more about the Fayetteville Lady Bulldogs or the Springdale Bulldogs or whatever, how can you do that? I'd grab our newspaper or I'd go online to nwadgonline. There you go, dot .com. Got to have that dot .com gotta, in there. You got to have that dot .com. And, then, you know, I also, I also get the Sunday paper. But, man, I think we really covered that. Uh, all, guys all over the state, uh, what was it, all our spring sports, softball, baseball, all the soccer stuff, even down there at Benton, we had all the details in the game the next day. And I know Paul was doing the uh, women's softball, so uh, Sunday paper with all the box scores. Yep. And now we got uh, minor league Arkansan that yep. the guys in Little Rock put together. So now, Ricky, I don't go can, a day without reading it. You can still get the tangent, hold it in your hands, get the paper printed version of the, of the newspaper. There are a few of those printed every day. But yep. here's the difference in that paper, 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 and yeah. the digital edition. When we go to cover an event, and you covered girls' soccer. Yes. Paul, you covered women's softball. I've covered boys' soccer and, and, and softball, things like that this summer. When you get the digital replica edition, and you can get that 
as a subscriber on an iPad that we provide, or you can get it as a phone app on your phone or your laptop. Any of those three will work, okay, to get the digital edition. Yes. You're going to get so much more than what you get from just in the printed edition. And, for example, when we go and cover an event and we have a photographer at that event, not only do they take just a one or two photos to, that would be in the printed edition yes. of the newspaper, they take 40 or 50 photos that they put together in a gallery. And when you get the digital replica edition, which looks just like the printed edition, yes. it's, exactly, it's called a replica edition, replica newspaper, that photo would have a little arrow on it, and you would click on it, and then those 20 or 30 additional photos would pop up. So you're getting you know, 30 times more photos in the digital edition than you would get in the print edition. And that's what I really like. And not only that, but also, Ricky, you know you do this, Paul, you do this, I do this, Henry, who's not here today, Henry Apple. When we go to an event, we shoot our own video, and we put video uh, with these photos, so you get a multimedia package on a on a game that we cover, where you can see video interviews, and then the, all the additional photos and action clips, and the the story, the great Ricky Fires pros, yeah, not P R O S, but P R O S E, the pros he he writes, um, and so you're getting all of that for the cost of being a subscriber to the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So we always try to, you know, let our people know or let people who listen who might not be subscribers know, you can get this at an affordable cost. You get an iPad with it that's your iPad. It's yours as long as you're a subscriber. As long as I'm alive. Right. You can use it for whatever you want to. You can use Facebook with it, Instagram. uh, uh, You can chat. Uh, not chat, but inst- you know, message like message. Phone, you know, message uh, that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, if, if you're not a subscriber, we we want you to be part of this team. We want you to get the best in coverage of sports news, features, comics, crossword puzzles, coupons, digital coupons, everything we have to offer. We want you to be part of that. And if you're not part of it, you're being left out. So, if you'd like to be part of that, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. You can go online, which might be a little challenging to some folks, like Ricky Fires. Hey, I've done it. And I, but he's you know, done it. I, I done it the other day, and I used to gripe about the the print. Now you can enlarge it. You can enlarge well, it. I'm li- you can tell I'm getting a little bit older. There you go. A little bit slower. A little bit crankier. Now slower? I can. Boom, is that, Paul. Is that even possible? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you can enlarge your print, and I like that aspect yes, sir. of it. So, Ricky, here's how you do it. You can go online, nwaonline.com, click on the subscribe button, and you can walk it through step by step. And you'll do that, and then someone from our circulation department, customer service, will contact you. They'll set up a meeting to get you your iPad, show you how to use it, give you some training. You can take it home. You do with it whatever you need. If you forget a few things, like I'm capable, more than capable of forgetting a few things, you can call them back up, and they'll walk you back through it again. And then the next day, if you like me and forget again, they'll walk you back through it again. Now, let me ask you that. Would I have to come here to the office in downtown beautiful Fayetteville? Couldn't they, couldn't they, can they kind of meet me out in the co-op over there by Elkins or something? I, I'm sure they would take you maybe over to Frederick's One Stop over at uh, Prairie Grove, maybe have a hamburger and show you how to use that thing. Uh, I'm, well, I don't know well, that Would they sure, pay? <laughs> well, that's a good deal. You could certainly, you know, get you a. Ask. You could do a dine and dash, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Leave them, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how that works. But the circulation department can help you with that. Yep. Or if you're more old school, like Ricky Fires, you could call the circulation department at four seven nine six eight four five five zero nine. Talk to an actual person, and they can walk you through that. So either either way would work, and. Uh, 
you're, we're in June right now. There's a little bit of a lull, but we're fixing to kick it back in uh, yes. again here in the next week or so. And uh, also coming up July 4th, we'll go ahead and plug this. Our spring all-NWADG team will be released baseball, softball, girls' soccer, boys' soccer, track and field. That is premium content, Ricky. You can only get that if you're a subscriber to the digital iPad edition of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So if you want to see who made the team, the beautiful photos, you have to be a subscriber. Again, 479-684-5509, or you can do it online, nwaonline.com, and click on the subscribe button, and that's how you can be a member of our team. Now, Paul... You've been covering women's athletics pretty much at the U of A since January. Pretty much, yeah. You've gotten to see – well, let's just go back to talk about sure. a, little, a little basketball first because we yeah. haven't had you on in a while. What a great run for the women's basketball team. Now, it didn't end like we had hoped it would, but you got to – you know, what what, John, what uh, Mike Neighbors is building over there, even a blind guy like me can see that. Oh, no question. And like you said, you know, if you want to focus on the end, yeah, it didn't end the way they wanted it to. There's no question. But the, if you look at the entire season, I mean, what a what a season of firsts. They beat Baylor. Yep. They beat UConn. Yep. They, you know, they're ranked almost the entire season. Well, I think they were. They were ranked the entire season in the top 20 in the country. Correct. So, you know, when he when he got here, uh, from the the distance the program has come from when he started here to now, just incredible. It's like that song by the Proclaimers, uh, 500 miles and 500 miles and 1,000 miles. That's about how far they were from where they are now. I will walk 5,000 miles. There you go. Yeah, Yeah. that song. I know that one. Yeah, yes. So lots of of improvement. Now, Paul, what I really love, the recruiting didn't go the way, you know, we – we want kids to sign with whoever they want to sign with, yep. right? No, we never, sure. never. But, but when a when a kid plays here locally and they're good enough to play at the U of A and they don't sign with the U of A, I, I, you know, I, I wish they would sign with the U of yep. A. You know, because I'm selfish because I've covered them since they were babies and I want to and I want to continue seeing them play here locally. So selfishly on my part, when a player's a really good player here and they can play at the D1 level, I want them to play here. But we had a couple who didn't go that route at first, but now they're here, and I love that seeing Sasha go forth, come back. You know, I want to see wow. her play here in that red and white. Miriam Dowda, who had signed with Baylor, and they had a coaching change. She didn't originally, you know, she wasn't originally going here, but now she is. And, man, they're going to join up with Jersey, and they're going to join up with Marquisha Davis and Alana Eaton from just across the state Nettleton, over there at Nettleton. That's what I love about what Mike Neighbors is doing because he's saying I can win at an elite level with the best in the country with girls from this state. Yeah, but, you know, years ago it was the same way, but they were going other places. Going other places. Now he can get them. Exactly. Here. Now, Christy Williams, who went to UConn, listen, right. what, different deal. U- UConn is like Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. When they knock on the door, you got to answer. Hot. You have to answer that. I mean, you know, understand that. Uh, although I still would have loved to have seen her come, sure. and you know what a difference she would have made here. You know, had mm-hmm. she stayed here, but uh, also when she signed at UConn, Arkansas basketball program wasn't where it is now. No, not at all. So not understandable. All. Yeah, on her without part. without a doubt, understandable. And uh, I got a chance to see a lot of the girls at the six A state tournament. Um, and there's, you know, there's some rising players in the central part of the state coming up too that I'm hoping Mike can get. And uh, boy, it's just uh, it, that's that's what's exciting to me. Well, and the interesting thing is, you know, 
he doesn't have a lot of spots left here no. in the next year or two. He's got like one in 22 and like two already. Yeah, he'll uh, have to in, be real choosy. Yeah, well, and the fact is he can be real choosy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so looking at the roster, now next year, Miriam has already, I mean, she's going to be, it's going to be a red shirt year for Li- her, likely. Very likely. Um, coming off a knee injury. Um, and so probably going to be a red shirt year for her. But um, it's going to be Jersey. Alana Eaton will be back. They got Ramirez back. Um, they've got uh, who am I leaving out? Paul uh, Marquisha will Marquisha, be back. Marquisha uh-huh. uh, is back, and uh, Sasha hopefully should be eligible. She, yes, that's that's already been passed. So she'll be eligible. She will be eligible. Right. Yes. So um, so it's you know you're just I mean you're just going to see this thing just continue to grow and continue to flourish and and. Uh, you know, you root for a guy like Mike Neighbors. You know, and he's from. We he's know one of, he's we, one of us. He's one of us. He's one of us. And uh, and and that that's what's even even better is that is that Mike is one of us. Well, the fact is, you know, he's a Greenwood guy. Yes, Greenwood. That's, and he uh, coached at Bentonville and where coast, else? Coached yep. at uh, Cabot. Cabot. Yep. 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 Now I can see in Mike. Um, I don't know if he, he 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 might admit to this. I see a lot. You guys, Ricky, I know you remember H.B. Stewart, the late H.B. Stewart. Down From Greenwood, Greenwood, yes. No, but no finer Stewart person ever yes. walked Love this earth H. than, than yep. that guy. Absolutely. And I see a lot of H.B. Stewart in, in Mike Neighbors, and I think Mike would, Mike would understand that's a, a huge compliment. Hey, if you ever get a chance to listen to Mike Neighbors, I, was, I think I went to Northside when they won state championship down there uh, in 6A basketball. I think the boys and girls both won. Mike came down there and, and – to speak, and man, that was really enjoyable. Yeah. You could see how he can get to recruit some people and yeah. get people fired up. So if you ever get a chance to listen to Mike Neighbors speak, you go there, sit down, and just listen. Now, Paul also, when, when basketball ended, Paul was already kind of into covering the UA women's softball program. Now, let's talk about where they were, Ricky. Now, we've talked about where the women's basketball program was and then when Mike came in. Now, they, they have made great strides. Paul, you can't even put you can't even put. There's not even a mileage number high enough from where the women's softball program was when Courtney Diefel got here to where it is now. One in twenty-three one, in the one. See, even I can one. understand that. <laughs> one. one in so you played twenty-four games and you won one. One, and, and and I go back to the great movie, Bull Durham. Yeah. How'd they win one, Paul? How did they even win one? <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. And and just what she's been able to do wow. is just unbelievable. Wow. Really. Um, you know, and she's done it. Now, she's got some also some homegrown talent on that team, and they've signed a couple players that will be rising up through, uh, becoming in next year, Maddie Conklin at Southside, who I had a chance to see. Uh, two players from Greenwood and Ali Saki and Chelsea Posage will both be here next year. Um, so she's doing it there, but she's also adding – that you know, the she's got the California connection that no other coach has been able to have, and he's, she's been able to bring top level yeah, players from that. the West Coast in here to play. Um, but you know, from one, <laughs> one, and twenty three to being a whisper away from from the College World Series, um, just a fantastic job by Courtney Diefel. Well, uh, the the best example I can tell you here, this is the best one I got. They lost that first year. They lost to Auburn. Three games, they got swept in three games by a total of fifty-four to nothing. 
outscored. I'm no math major, Ricky, but I think that's not good. That's a whooping. That's a whooping. <laughs> okay. This year they swept Auburn there you on go. the road. Wow, there you what go. a turnaround. There you go. You know. So great job there. And, Paul, just a great job of covering them, uh, the, women, the women's softball. Um, it's just, you know, there's a lot of excitement at the U of A right now. The bas- men's basketball program was in Elite Eight. Women's basketball team, as Paul mentioned, was a top 10 team, top 15 team most of the season. Um, and, and just, you know, big things there coming in. The baseball team, obviously, um, Ricky, if they, don't win, if they don't win it this year. Yeah, but I mean, but you got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, they're got to finish. They are primed, yeah. uh, ranked number one in the country and have been all season long. Um, you know, track and field speaks for itself. 57,000 national championships, you know, that they've won for, you know, in, in track. So lots and lots of good things happening there. Lots of excitement in the sports world up here in the Ozarks, and, and uh, glad to be part of that. Uh, so, Paul, moving forward, uh, something you also know a little bit about, the Perfect Timing Baseball League, College Baseball League, will kick off Monday. Coming up. Now, last year, Ricky, you remember, this was the only game in town. Um, we when, had nothing besides nothing. that. We when, went month, uh, weeks without right, anything. Right. When COVID-19 hit last year, college baseball shut down, high school baseball, everything shut down. And J.T. Baker over at Perfect, the Perfect Timing Academy over there in Rogers, or Springdale, where is it, Rogers? Yeah. Springdale? Springdale. Lowell? Springdale. Springdale. Um, they, they were able to put – and this is because of COVID – the Cape Cod League, the most prestigious of all collegiate baseball leagues, shut down. The Northern League up around, I think, somewhere green Wisconsin or Dakotas or Montana, somewhere there, shut down. The, there's a, also a big-time collegiate league in Alaska. It shut down. Yes. All of them shut down. And J.T. Baker stepped in and said, you know what, we're going to put together a league. J.T. Baker quite honestly saved – uh, baseball in this in this region. I, I, I mean, maybe that's all we had for a long. That's time. That's all we had, and he saved it. And he provided a place for ra- former you know for the Razorback players to stay yep. here to continue to work out at the campus. The ones who decided they were going to come back and, and take advantage of the COVID red shirt possibility. Mitch Opitz, good you know uh, Matt Goodhart, Goodhart uh, yeah. uh, uh, Christian Franklin, those those guys um, played here last year. So that's going to be kicking off. Paul, I know they've been playing for more than two years, but I'm saying year two of the really legitimate big-time going out and getting big-time collegiate players to come in and play league. Yes, no no doubt. No doubt. There was, There's a great difference in what we saw last year and what we're going to see going forward right. in the level of play, right. no doubt. Now, JT has a dream uh, that this is going to continue to build and it's going to continue to gain – notoriety in the Midwest where you're going to see more and more of those uh, Division One players, Kansas State, Kansas, uh, you know. Uh, Juco. Yeah, big-time Juco players, uh, you know, Oral Roberts, uh, to, you know, all of those players, you know, from those from those teams come in and stand because they can stay here locally. Um, you know, you could be a player at Oral Roberts and drive over here and play, you know, no problem. You can be a player at Arkansas, you can be UA Fort Smith, whatever, and drive up here and play, and you're not out a whole lot of money. Uh, you're not. You don't have to find a, you know, host families and things like that. You can play here and and, and do it at an affordable rate. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be playing four nights a week, uh, here locally at Tyson Park in Springdale. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. First games at five thirty. Sometimes there and there will be games at seven o'clock. They're on a time limit, so you won't be there forever. Um, there's summer league games. 
there, you know, don't go thinking, you know, the batting order is going to be the same all the time. These are just about getting reps, but it's a chance for you to get up close and personal with these college baseball players. And who knows, Ricky, the next uh, uh, who's your guy with the Braves, Paul Acuna, Acuna, Ronald Acuna, who could be here. He may be, he may be playing here this summer. We don't know that. You know, we don't know that he is. We don't know that he's not. It, they could be. So you could come up here. If you're a baseball fan, just think about this for a second. Let, let me just, just, just talk about this week if you're a baseball fan. you got, you got the Hogs at home yes. hosting a regional. you got the Naturals at home. And, folks, and, Ricky, you got a chance to see this. Now that if you have not seen Bobby Witt Jr. play yet, you, you owe it to your – because he ain't going to be here long, folks. He will not be here long. You need to hit three out the other night. I mean, this kid can play. There's no question. You look at him and you're like, okay, he looks different than the other players. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason he was the number two overall pick by the Royals a couple of years ago. This kid can flat out play, and he's not the only one on the Naturals. The next wave, if Tony, if Tony Reyes is still here in our room, the next wave of Royals is coming through Springdale right now, and you need to be at the ballpark to watch these kids play. So you got number one. Overall national seed, number one in the country, Arkansas, hosting regionals this weekend. You got naturals at home all week, and you got collegiate baseball league at Tyson Park that will start Monday. next Monday. Folks, if you call yourself a baseball fan and you can't find some baseball to watch, you got problems. And you know how you said, you know, you always see something different? I've been doing like 30 years, and I've never seen back-to-back-to-back home runs. I said, well, wow. I can't get any better than this. One wow. guy grounds out or something, then the next guy – Hits a home run, so that out of five, let's see, four, yeah, five out of five batters, four of them hit four home runs. Deep. I've never seen anything like that. Get out there and check out the Naturals um, again. If you want to see the next wave of Kansas City Royal players come through, the ones that will compete for for championships here in the next three four years, get out there now because they're going to make a whistle stop through here, and that's going to be it. They won't be here long, and they'll be shipped, you know, shipping them right through. Going to Omaha next, and then, and, or maybe from here right to Kansas City. I could see Bobby Witt making that move and, and completely skipping AAA. Um, he's got that that kind of ability. It's like, I can still see uh, Perez, their all star catcher, right? Yeah. yeah. I can remember him with the natural. Oh, yeah. And you oh, can yeah. tell, said, man, that guy's going to be in the majors real quick. Absolutely. And Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be the yes. next big time. Yes. So we got that going on, all kinds of baseball. We also have, oh, uh, Ricky, it's just so nice to even say this summer football team camp starting this week in Greenwood. It's so nice to have that back, a chance for us to get out and see these high school kids in summer camps at 7-on-7. Seven seven. So here's what we got going on with that. Greenwood's hosting a team camp start on Friday down there, Greenwood. Got a lot of teams going Bentonville West, Greenwood, Alma, Fort Northside, South. You know, a, lot, a lot of teams are going to be there for that. It's got that going on. Then next week, uh, next Friday down in Alma, you want to go down there, the first seven-on-seven seven that we've had in northwest Arkansas in two years will be in Alma next Friday on the 11th. Got to be a lot of teams there playing in that, playing for, for the in that tournament down in Alma. So glad they're hosting that. Doug Lothridge was able to put that together. They're having that. Then they're going to shift back up here to Salem Springs on June the 19th, another seven-on-seven seven tournament, a chance to get out and see these kids play and do their thing in seven-on-seven. Seven. And then, of course, Shiloh Christian didn't get to have this last year, the Southwest Elite 7-on-7. Seven seven. It's the biggest 7-on-7 seven seven tournament that we have up here. That'll be in mid-July, and we'll give you all the details on that. So we've got that going on. So lots and lots and lots of good sports going on here in the next two, three weeks. I got one other thing. 
the Catcher Tournament. It's That's this right. Weekend. Down in Fort we Smith. We get Ameri- American Legion Baseball. American our friend, Legion. Our friend Trey Pryor. That's right. Shay Hamilton gotten the uh, the sportsman going. The sportsman and, going. Uh, they're the, they're the, the last surviving American Legion team in the western part of the state. Correct. Is, uh, Correct. is Fort Smith. Used to be Kerwin's. Changed it to Sportsman a few weeks, a few years ago, um, but still, still, uh, you know, still doing their thing down there. And good Get for them. Another good, uh, you know, you talk about giving kids an opportunity, yes, sir. a chance to play baseball. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we got that going on. And then before we close out the show today, and we're going to try to get this guy on next week. Springdale has filled its coaching vacancy, its football coaching vacancy. It was a little bit of a shocker when Zach Clark took the job at Searcy. That was a little bit of a shocker in itself that that job opened. Zach was able to to get that job, and congratulations to him. I had my fingers crossed that Springdale was going to do this, and they promoted Brett Hobbs up to the football coach um, at Springdale. Ricky, if anybody knows how to play slobber knocker football, it is Brett Hobbs. He is Mr. Bulldog yes, right he there. Is. I remember him from uh, high school. Man, he wasn't the biggest. He wasn't the fastest. But, man, when he come through a gap and hit you, you're, you're going to be down for a little bit. Yeah. Nobody plays Springdale football like Brett Hobbs did. He was a head knocker, that's for sure. And he is enthused about this. It's it's something that he's long dreamed of. Uh, he was a Gerald Williams uh Product of uh, of the you know the blood and guts uh, uh, days of Springdale football yeah. and uh, the blood pit they ab- used to do that absolutely and so so congratulations to Brett uh, on uh, being elevated head football coach at Springdale the Red Dogs um, they're now he's about- still interim right well they can call it what they want Brett okay. Hobbs is a football coach he's a co- that's okay. right all right they they can call it what yeah. they want yeah um, and so anyway good good to have a, uh, a a Red Dog in charge of the Red Dogs is what I'm saying. And uh, if anybody knows how to win and put that program, you know, they've struggled a little bit since they split schools like a lot right. would. But if anybody knows how to play Springdale football, dirty boy, down in the mud, it's we're Brett going to punch you in the mouth every play. They're going to punch you in the mouth. Every play. And so congratulations to him. We're going to try to get Brett on here next week to talk about his passion for the Red Dogs. And I know that he's gotten a lot of congratulations from, from alumni. I asked him if he could slip Mitch Mustaine back in there to play quarterback next year. He's working on that. He, he's working on it. Then you got to get Damian Williams too then. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're work, working on that, see if we can get those two suited up and, and, uh, and, and get the Brett Hobbs era started off yep. the right way. There you go. Uh, but anyway, good, uh, great for Brett, and I know he's excited to get it rolling this week, going to team camps and, and that kind of stuff. So, again, congratulations to him. And, and uh, we love to see the homegrown, homegrown guys, uh, uh, you know, get, get their opportunities, and uh, that's fantastic. So that's all we've got for this week's show. We thank you for joining us uh, on Prep Rally, the podcast. We'll be back with you next week. We'll talk a little bit more, uh, some, some, some team sport team uh, camps and things like that. Hopefully we'll get Brett Hobbs to join us next week. Uh, I'm Chip Souza. Thanks for Paul Boyd joining us today and Ricky Fires. Thanks for being with us, and we'll catch you next time on Prep Rally the Podcast. The Prep Rally Podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.